0: hello how's it going my name is ash i'm 25 i'm a virgo and i just have one thing to say the bugs are back in town the bugs are back in town Two episodes, wait, not the last episode, but the episode before that, I did a whole episode on bugs. I talked about how I basically have like a bug curse on me. For some reason, bugs think like my house is like the party spot. And they're just showing up, like just fucking partying on my porch all day, all night. And there's been a fucking new arrival this week. And man, oh man. <laughs> Do I wish they didn't arrive? Uh, At first, so... They kind of look like a ladybug. But they are brown. But they're like... Have sharper bodies than a ladybug. That doesn't make any sense. Because ladybugs are round. (laughs) But so... And there's just so many. I think I also talked about how like... I, I had a grandmother growing up who just... There would just be so many fucking ladybugs just like in in a corner of a room. And they were kind of also doing this. They haven't, they have not penetrated my home yet. They have not made it into my home. They're only on the outside right now that I have seen. And I know I'm fucking jinxing it by saying it. God. So. <laughs> I, w- I was just Googling like brown ladybug ladybug no spots brown ladybug no spots and i thought it was an asian lady beetle which is like ladybug adjacent but they still had spots and i was like this isn't this bug and so i just kept searching it honestly took me a hot minute to fucking figure out what it is and it i figured it out i'm a fucking detective It's called a kudzu bug. Kudzu bug, dude. And what did I learn about them? I learned that they arrived in the United States in 2009 on a plane from, I think, somewhere in Asia to Atlanta, Georgia. So that's cool, I guess. Um, And they're fucking... They're fucking annoying. (laughs) They also are attracted to like really bright things. Like usually white things. Like it said, what like white houses, white cars, white clothes. And my house is painted black, but the door like trim or border fucking whatever it's called. Like, and also the the same for the windows is white. So that's where they like to chill. And also like on both my porches, any kind of like fucking banister is white. And so they're just, they just cover it. They're just fucking, they're just, they're literally throwing a rave on my porches. And I realized it was a problem when I I was going to go out on my front porch and do something. And when I opened the door, it felt like, it felt like a scene in like Revelation. Like, there were so many fucking bugs, dude. <laughs> like, there were these little bugs, and then I could see the various spiders and spider webs on my porch. And then, past that into the air, there was just shit flying around. It felt like the fucking locusts in the Bible. It was insane. And I was like, wow, I can never go outside ever fucking again. <laughs> um, but, and then I realized they were also on my back porch, and I'll, which is, I call it my back porch, but that's honestly the main entry, so. Anyways. So, yesterday, I'd had a fucking enough of it. Also, there's a lot of kudzu in this area, so I guess... Maybe that's why the kudzu bugs are here. But um one thing's for sure, I don't like them. Yesterday I they pissed me off so much, just their presence. Cause there's just so many, dude, that I fucking took my vacuum outside and I vacuumed. I vacuumed bugs outside. <laughs> off of my window, out of my window. Some had like gotten past the screen, out of like the corners of my doorway oh and also they're like a cousin of the stink bug so they also kind of fucking give off a stink bug smell if you know what that smells like it doesn't smell good it's not like horrible but it's like yuck (laughs) but so yeah i fucking vacuumed them and i think it killed most of them or like rip their wings off and stuff but then like i'm not gonna throw them in my trash can because they smell like a fucking stink bug and also some of them are alive so i just dumped them outside which maybe that was dumb because then they can just fucking bring another like man i really wanted to make a, like an army reference just then i really wanted to be like bring another i don't i can't even like pull anything from the back brain about the army I don't know fucking anything about the army. I w- the first word that came to my head was platoon, but that feels out of date. <laughs> bring another. A tour, a draft. I'm just saying military words. Gun. I <laughs> so could bring a gun back to my house. Lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter. I hate these bugs. I vacuumed them the best I could. And then I was like, let me go see what the front porch vibes are, which is technically my back porch. So I was like, what are the vibes on the front porch? I go out there and it's worse somehow. Somehow it's fucking worse. And also my neighbors on the porch. So I just don't want to I don't want to be the neighbor that's just like outside at five o'clock. Just like vacuuming the fucking banisters of my porch. So, so, because I already have a neighbor who, um, mows the lawn for two hours at night in thunderstorms. So, and just like in a circle and not like his whole yard. So, you know, the role is already taken. So I know my place. Um, yeah also the spiders are still fucking with me. and I walk through spider webs constantly every day. I walk through like three or four spider webs today. And at one point, like it freaked me out because I was like in the middle of a yard, like I wasn't surrounded by any shrubbery or trees i was like in the middle of an open yard and i somehow fucking walked through a spider web and i was like what the fuck and then i realized 15 20 feet above me is a power line and so it had like a fucking its web was all the way down from the power line and i walked through it that one spot where a spider web was i somehow fucking walked through it I guess if that's the worst thing that's going on. <laughs> um, I've been thinking a lot. Okay. Subject change. I talked about bugs for like an hour, two episodes ago. So 10 minutes about bugs is, I, I'm sorry. It was, it was too much five minutes ago. <laughs> um, okay. So I've been thinking a lot about radical acceptance, specifically radical acceptance that like, I'm just fucking awkward and socially awkward and just social situations are going to be awkward for me. So, like, that's out of my control. So, like, it's it's whatever. And also, it's fine. <laughs> like, even if I feel uncomfy, like, it's okay. Just uncomfortable doesn't equal unsafe. So, like, it's fine. Um, and anyways, so i'm taking like add meds and an ssri and i have them for a few months and it's been helping a lot especially with like social anxiety and kind of just anxiety in general and i still have like the awkward moments for sure i feel like maybe a little less but i still have them still have them i still have them but like i'm more okay with it now which maybe, but like, maybe that's the radical acceptance kind of is what I'm getting to is like, like they're still happening, but I'm able to just be like, this is comical. <laughs> <laughs> this is comical. Uh, For example, and this one wasn't really on me. And I do recognize that. I think this was just another awkward individual. um, And I just, I just, I just, <laughs> So I went to Dollar General today and as I was about to leave, I just fucking randomly saw, just like in a pile of shit, a painting of a cow and I'm seeing my friend Miranda this weekend and she fucking loves cows and her birthday just happened and I just like hadn't found anything and it was just like, I don't know, I know that's like, it's like a cheap fucking shitty afterthought gift gift and (sighs) yeah anyways (laughs) but it was just so perfect because like i like i don't know every time i see cows i think of miranda so it was just like and it was cute so i was like i have to get this so i got it and i go up to check out with like the i like got some cleaning supplies and it's like a young dude at the counter also this is part of my social awkwardness he seemed kind of younger than me but i don't i'm extremely awkward with people my age and like around my age i feel like specifically but so anyways (sighs) so i walk up and it's like this young kid and first of all he didn't even greet me okay so i was like hello and he was like hello and then he just, like, quietly started, like, checking out all my things. Again, we're not speaking. He's So he's checking out all my things, scanning them up, bagging them. And then he gets to the very last thing, which is the picture of the cow. And he picks it up, and he just goes, uh, moo. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was, like, like, I should have mooed back at him. I should have just been, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like didn't know what to do. I was just like huh? <laughs> When I don't sometimes things happen in social situations and my brain is literally like I don't know <laughs> I can't I can't think of a response fast enough, so I'm just going to bail. <laughs> um and then so that's the, so that's the second thing he said to me. He was like, "Hello?" And then he was like, Moo. and then he well he was like do you want your receipt and i was like i'm good and we were like thanks have a good day and then he just like as i'm like walking away he just randomly goes just like really confidently kind of (laughs) he was like (laughs) fuck what did he say he was like your hair's like sunflower themed I was like yeah thanks i'm like i guess am i supposed to say thank you your hair sunflower themed cool i guess he was complimenting me i mean i i mean i feel like being compared to a sunflower is a compliment so but it was just so and then it was like the build-up the moo. why did he just he just he literally looked at the painting of the cow and said moo He let the intrusive thoughts win in that moment. And I respect him for it. And I, my intrusive thoughts did not have a response. Um, But also another awkward thing that has happened lately is that I went to the eye doctor. As you can see by my new glasses. Um, I went to the eye doctor for the first time in years. One time, sorry, just had like eye doctor trauma come up one time a few years ago I had to go to an emergency eye doctor session because (laughs) session appointment because I like took a contact out and it stuck to my eye and it like ripped in half and I only got half of it out and the other half like was just fucking floating around my eye like underneath my eyelid but it was so deep like I could feel it but it was so deep that I could not physically get it and it was driving me fucking nuts and so I went there and I don't and they somehow reached my eyeball and pulled a, literally a chunk of a half of a contact and they were like whoa that was way bigger than we thought you were describing wow you really did have something in your eye <laughs> I was like, yeah, I fucking, yeah, I fucking felt that shit. (laughs) Sorry, I yelled. Um, But so I went to the eye doctor. I went to Greystone. Oh, listen to how fucking clutch this was, okay? Clutch. Stop trying to make clutch happen. Um, What am I talking about? Greystone. Is that what's called? Greystone? Greystone? i was thinking about cold stone i was like "Greystone is not a fucking ice cream place it could be could cold stone be an eye, do- eye doctor place ice cream eye doctor <laughs> whoa <laughs> i don't i don't know what connection i just made but i know that i made one what the fuck is that Apparently, when I painted this wall, I got some on the ceiling. And to be honest, it looks like a bug. But I'm not fully convinced it's not a bug. It's fine. Oh, my God. Sorry, what was I talking about? Greystone. So, graystone's like, fancy as fuck. And probably way more expensive. But guess what? I called a local eye doctor. And it was... I think it was the end of September. It was in September. I called them thinking like, "Oh, I'll get an appointment in the next month." And they were like, "Yeah, so we're booking, we have bookings starting in January of 2022." And I was like, "That's the that's the earliest you got?" And she was like, "Yep. But I'll put you on my cancellation list and if anyone cancels, like I'll call you." I was like, "Okay. Um And so then I was like, you know what? Let me just see if someone could get me in quicker than January. (laughs) So I just called Greystone for some reason because I just didn't feel like... I've been having a bad experience with local businesses lately. I'll be honest. But that's a different story. I I called the franchise. I did. I called them and they were like, yeah, we're taking appointments. Um as early as they said late October early November and I'm like hey that's fucking better than January sign me up and, but then he goes so actually I just had a cancellation for tomorrow at 2.30 and I was like oh, bitch fucking sign me up and so I got in the next day dude that worked out so perfectly that was a good day <laughs> That day, I felt like I was on top of the world. I think that really was a good day. I can't remember what else happened, but I th- I think that was a good day. So, anyways, I went to the eye doctor. Haven't been in years. So, like, that's a little bit anxious. And there's, like, a lot of people there. So, that's a little bit anxious. And then... um, So, they were making me... So, I uh, the reason I was going to the eye doctor is because... I wanted to get new glasses, and I needed to order new contacts, but I, wanted, I felt like maybe my eyes had gotten worse since I hadn't been to the eye doctor in years. Like, maybe my prescription has changed. So I just wanted to get a new prescription before I spent so much fucking money on those things, not even counting the visit to the eye doctor, because why does it cost me so much to be able to see? Like... That's another thing. Why is vision and dental insurance not included already in like fucking health plans? It's crazy. I thought that I had vision on my fucking insurance until I got there. And then they were like, uh, yeah, it says here that, uh, yeah, you have one free, uh, routine exam for a small child so and I was just like okay cool sick um but they made me go see two different doctors like they made me see a glasses doctor and they made me see a contacts doctor which I was like okay seems extra but okay and you know how usually at the doctor and also I feel like the eye doctor like the first person who comes and gets you is a nurse usually And, like, they, like, do, like, little tests on you or, like, uh, like, arm wrestle you or something, like, to make sure that your blood pressure is okay. But so, they take me to the contacts doctor first, and they put me in this waiting room. And this dude, like, about my age comes out. And he honestly, he like talks kind of fast and like a, like just a little too quiet. And like, I, I really have a hard time hearing a lot of the time, especially if I'm feeling anxious, <laughs> selective anxiety hearing. But so there was just like a little bit of miscommunication. Cause I just would like, it just would take me a minute to process what he said. Like it, it took me like a fucking two seconds to process like when he introduced himself and told me his name like I was like what the fuck did he just say and I was like okay he said Sammy okay but then at that point I'm like we're like speed walking down the hall (laughs) so there's a lot going on but so I just kind of he wasn't like hey I'm your doctor or anything maybe he did maybe he did say hey I'm your doctor (laughs) and he just it just... I didn't hear it. The only thing I could decipher was the name Sammy. But I just assumed he was the nurse. <laughs> um, And, like, at a certain point, it was like, damn. he He's, like, doing a lot of shit. Like, when, when does the doctor show up? And then I realized he was the contacts doctor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, but um, I just don't fucking know how to talk to people my age. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. I I don't know why. But so, uh, like he was like making conversation with me and stuff, and being like, "Oh, like where did you go to school? Oh, the, was the weather nice up there?" And um, and then like after like three whole minutes, I I like realized that. You're, I'm supposed to ask him. <laughs> I was like, oh, where did you go to school? And so, anyways, through making conversation with this stranger who was my doctor, but I thought he was my nurse, who was my age. And so that scared me. Learned that he was born and raised in a town that I spent like basically like. Kindergarten through sixth grade in, and then when I told him that, he was like, "What was he like?" Oh, when I told him that, he was like trying to ask me for, "Oh, what, like which which part?" I'm like, "Bitch, I was eleven. I don't." I could tell you my street name. I have no idea. I have no idea where the fuck we were. (laughs) Um. But yeah. That was kind of cool. Uh. A lot of. uh, Small world. But um. He was really nice. And he like kind of. He was like very friendly. And like we joked around and stuff. Um. And he made me feel as comfortable as I could feel for being, like, a really socially just anxious person. (laughs) But, so. He, like, did the eye test and shit. Like, made me read that shit and then read the, like, smallest line and shit. I can't stop saying the S word. Shit. And then... He was like, so the doctor wants me to die. So this is another reason that I was like, is he a nurse? Because he would, he would like mention the other doctor. Like he was doing stuff for the doctor. But anyways, anyways, he was like, so the doctor wants me to dilate, f- d- dilate, you, dilate, dilate. He wants me to dilate you. Is that, that doesn't feel right. Dilate. Is there, am I, hello? <laughs> dilate. Stupid idiot. <clears throat> He's like, the doctor wants me to dilate your eyes for him today. And I was just like, okay, cause I don't fucking like that shit, dude. I mean, no, no one's walking around being like, man, I, I love dilating my eyes. I love getting those drops in my eyes that make my fucking eyeballs feel drunk and not being able to like read stuff up close for the rest of the day. Um, but luckily, the technology has evolved. And I don't know if you remember the eye doctor. But I remember when getting dil- your eyes dilated, like the drops they put in, whatever the fuck it is, it was like yellow. It was like, it dude, it was like so fucking thick feeling. And when you were dabbing your eyes with a kleenex it was like so fucking yellow like this fucking yellow is it iodine is that a crazy guess what the fuck is iodine what what is the yellow stuff to dilate I'm so stupid. It's it's not called iodine. What is iodine? Where did I fucking I pulled that word out of my ass. <laughs> ice cream, ice doctor, iodine. It didn't, it, it, it when I started saying it, it sounded better before it was said. It's a mineral found in some foods. The body needs iodine to make thyroid hormones. Why the fuck did I say iodine? Oh my God. Um what are we talking about? Oh yeah. So it used to be fucking yellow. It's not yellow anymore. They've gotten rid of the yellow and now it's clear. I mean it still feels like you know, but it's better. And also, I never h- had to do this. And thank God, because it was one of my fears about going to the eye doctor. There's some kind of fucking test after they dilate your eyes. Maybe it's happened, and maybe I fucking blocked it out. But it's like you fucking sit in this machine, like chin and forehead to this thing, and you look through, and it focuses on one eye. And it's like, oh, look at this fucking dot in the distance. And like you're focusing on that, and then it like blows a puff of air in your eyeball. And... Um, apparently that has been replaced by this handheld, it basically looked like, remember those like wide out, it was basically like a wide out highlighter and they kind of fucking sucked cause they'd always like the fucking little tracks would fuck up, but it was shaped like that. Like kind of like a, like, like a, a weird flat snail. Yeah. Like like a like a backwards fucking like tape dispenser like a tape dispenser who fucked a USB drive um but it was that but it but it was like that mixed with a thermometer and he was like so that I'm going to use this and I'm going to touch your eye with it and I was like oh my god <laughs> he was like no it's going to be fine like your eyes are dilated. Your eyes are numb. Like you're not going to feel it. And I was like, okay. And it was actually completely fine. I genuinely did not feel it on my eyeball at all. Apparently it was on my eyeball. Um, it just felt like he was fucking holding it really close to my eye. But, um, he said that that thing replaced the puff of air thing. And I honestly don't even know what they're doing. I want to why did it why did they do that what if they were just pranking us what if they didn't even have to do that they were just like you know it'd be funny what if it wasn't the machine that blew the puff of air what if it was the doctor Hmm. much to think about what if it was like okay so just look into this thing and you're just you're just gonna feel like a little puff (gasps) you know Purpose of the air puff test. Non-contact tonometry. A test used during an eye exam to measure the pressure inside your eye. The air puff test gives your eye doctor an eye pressure reading known as intraocular pressure, which helps detect glycoma. Puff tonometry is a good screening test for eye doctors, but can sometimes overestimate pressures. This test is not as accurate as traditional tonometry, but is very sensitive in picking up pressure problems. Many people prefer the air puff test as no contact is made with the eye. The puff of air you feel is not painful. Hmm. That's debatable. <sighs> and it was way bad. The, the Dude, I didn't even feel him touch it. I thought it was going to be worse didn't even feel it. So I honestly air puff test go fuck yourself. Um Okay, sorry. I doctor Oh yeah. So, oh before he dilated my eyes cuz I've again, I hadn't been to the eye doctor in years, but like I did have a trend from my childhood. And the rest of my life, every time I went to the eye doctor, it was just... It's very difficult for me to, like, just ho- have my eyes open, If like, for eye drops. <laughs> like, it's a fucking struggle. And so, it was always, like, fucking the eye doctor is just, like, battling my eyelids to try to fucking put a drop of that yellow shit. That's probably why I had so much yellow shit on my tissues, because... And none of it made it in my fucking eyeball. Maybe that's why the air puff was painful. Um, but so. But so. Uh, before. He was like okay I'm going to have to dilate your eyes. And I just was like. I'm just going to be real with you. I have not. I don't usually do good. With putting drops in my eyes. And he was like it's okay it's fine. Like we'll handle it. And it, I ended up being fine. My I, My eyelids cooperated. And it was all good. And then he w- he did the thing where he was like, "Okay, I'm about to touch your eye with this fucking device," and I was like, "Oh my god!" But then he was like, "It's gonna be fine. You're not gonna feel it," and he was right. And it was fine, and nothing dramatic happened. And my eyeballs were fine. And then afterwards, he was just like, "Oh, you did good. Uh, I thought I thought I was gonna have to tie you down or something." And that was another moment where I just didn't know how to respond. Now, now I don't think that he was hitting on me or anything. I, I mean, I know 100% he was just being, like, playful and trying to be funny and, like, be friendly. But in a post-50 Shades of Grey world, you can't just say that to somebody. You can't talk about tying them up in a not sexual way? It's impossible. It's impossible. 50 shades of gray ruined ropes. And I stand by that. Uh but I d- I did I, d- I didn't know what to s- how I did not know what to say when he said that to me because Um, like, I I don't know how to respond to that without it turning sexual, even in a joking way. And I don't know this man. I just met him five minutes ago. But like, what can you, what could you say to that? If someone was like, oh, you ha ha ha. Or I can't remember if he said tie you up or tie you down. He probably said tie you down. I ain't gonna tie you down somebody on the floor what you want right now what you want right now need to close your mouth because you ain't gonna tie me down tie me. Ugh. i'm so sorry <clears throat> what were we talking about oh yeah he was like "Ha ha." thought i was gonna have to tie you down like what like w- could i what if i was like I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> like what you should have. Ah, next time. What like what do you say? So that was another one, much like meh, that I just I d my brain was like, abort mission, no fucking response at the ready. So I just was like, huh. <laughs> you can't say that in a post fifty shades of grey world. I'm not. That's that's real. <laughs> you can't say that. Um So then yeah, it was fine though. But then I was just thinking, I was like, I just feel like it would have been less awkward if he, it was like a middle aged man. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I just don't know how to fucking just chat with someone my age for some reason. Um unless like I already know I don't know how to talk to people my age who are strangers. <laughs> <sighs> but guess what? That's how you become not strangers. Um in other news. <laughs> uh this is not funny, but it's kind of funny. So I'm not smiling and I'm not laughing and this is very serious. It really is and it's it's this it's fucked that this is how I'm setting this up. So my grandmother my grandmother it's like it's so not funny that my brain's like it's kind of funny (laughs) and that's fucked and I know it's fucked and I I wish I could wipe this smile off my face so my grandmother has Alzheimer's and it's getting bad and she's in a memory care unit with other Alzheimer's patients victims i don't know and she i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but um this past year we like we're allowed to like we basically check her out of the facility for like holidays or like special whatever's anyways so we got her out for something And it was, I had just dyed my hair like the front blonde. So, so I did have a change since she had seen me, but also she has Alzheimer's and she had no idea who I was. And that was the first time that has happened, but she literally had no idea who I was. She, she kept thinking I was like a lady she used to work with and we would be like having a good time, uh, at our meal. And then she would just randomly be like, "I'm sorry, how, how how are we connected? How how do I know you?" And I was just like, I'm you getting better?" <laughs> um. So yeah, that was weird, and I could just, dude, and just through she just, and we would tell her, or I would play along that I did work with her. And then she would forget. And she would be like, So wait, who wait, who are you? No, we used to work together. And I was just like, Okay, we already did this. We already did this a couple times. Um. But so, anyways, my grandfather visits her like every few days. And sometimes it's good days, sometimes it's bad days. And so recently a situation has occurred. So my grandfather's been going there. She got put in there probably like kind of at the beginning of this year. So, you know, he's been going there for months now and or the beginning of summer, I guess. So he's been going there for months now and he has like a service dog, like an emotional support dog. And the dog's allowed to come in. And everyone loves the dog. And, like, he's been going there so long that, like, you know, he, like, patients, other patients, like, recognize him. And he'll, like, speak to them and stuff. And so, apparently, there's been a few times where, you know, he'll, he'll like, say hello to a lady. I think it's a bunch of women. He'll say hello to a lady or, like, talk to someone for a little bit. And then, and, like, everything's fine. And then when he leaves my grandmother will basically get in the face of the person who talked to my grandfather and threaten them and be like, that's my husband. You're not going to take my husband from me. And in a few instances, she has punched them in the face. Huh? Huh? grandma we don't even call her grandma we call her granny (laughs) granny what the fuck (laughs) you can't just punch people because you think that they're trying to steal your husband like if I was a family member of one of the other patients I would be like if this bitch is going around punching people then fucking put her in her room what the fuck like, my granny's literally a menace to society right now. <laughs> and it's not funny. It's, like, a little bit funny. But it's not funny. It's, like, so not funny, it's kind of funny. But, so, yeah. And then, of course, when my grandfather gets told about this, the next time he goes in there and he tries to talk to her about it, she has, she has no idea what he's talking about. She has no recollection of doing that. So, that's really great. I've been watching this really underground TV show. Um, I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. Like, uh, you know, it's pretty indie. It's pretty... Uh, I feel like I'm probably one of the first people to have watched it. Like, I don't feel like a lot of people are watching it. It's, it's got kind of a weird name. It's foreign. Um, it's, it's called Squid Game. Dude, I know everyone's fucking talking about Squid Game and like, it's over, but I just finished it last night at 3am. Boy! Boy! That show was so good. And I want to be able to be like, I haven't watched a TV show that good in X amount of time. However, I literally just watched a different really good TV show. I watched uh, White Lotus. Another one that people were talking a lot about. Really good also. Both are... It's very good TV. Very cinematic. Very much plot twist. Um... Fantastic acting, fantastic writing, fantastic everything. Similar vibes. Someone dies in them. But yeah, like I, I vaguely knew the premise going in because I feel like every I, I saw so many jokes being like, oh, Korean Hunger Games or like, just like the Hunger Games look like Kids Bop and like, <laughs> um. And being like, oh, they're playing games, and then, like, they die. I knew that. But, bro, watch the first episode. Like, when it st- when the thing I knew was going to happen started happening, my fucking jaw dropped. Like, I... It was so good, dude. Anyways. I know everyone won't shut the fuck up about Squid Game, but, uh, hey, count me in, dude. I'm one of them. And also watch White Lotus because it's really, really good. Um, also, I took Honey to the vet last week and it did not go well. It did not go well. It was the worst vet visit she's ever had. Usually the problem is that she just like pisses and shitties herself. She shizzes herself. She pizzes and shitted. <laughs> Usually she just has a little whoopsie. <laughs> but, and she, trust me, she did this time too. But I'm pretty sure last time I took her, they were like, she was so quiet. She didn't like meow or anything. And we were, I was like, okay. This time they came out and they were like, they like knocked on my window and they were like, she's pissed. <laughs> they were like, you're. it's not going to be good when you take her home. They were like, she was hissing, growling, she was spitting at us. And listen, she's a big girl and she has long hair. So sometimes there's, you know, there's poop drama on her butt and she's a sensitive girl. So she sometimes won't let me get it right away. And I brought this up to them and they were like, oh, that's no problem at all. We could, this is before she was bad. They were like, we could do a sanitary shave. Just the the fucking vet was literally like, it's basically like a Brazilian on them. And I was like, okay, weird, like (laughs) weird way to describe it, but all right. Um, I was like, fuck yeah, fucking shave that, shave that ass, uh, <laughs> shave that cat, ass, and fuck what happened? Oh yeah, they came out and she was like, she's pissed. We didn't even try to shave her ass because she was so scary, <laughs> but to be fair, you know, if, if she got two shots, And she had her ears cleaned. And she pissed and shitted on herself. So to add ass shaving on top of that would just, you know, just trauma. So, yeah. And then they also told me that she is obese. She's extremely obese. They didn't say extremely. They said she's obese and they gave me diet food. So, honey's on a diet. And it's so hard not to give her food because like she just gets so sweet when she wants food. <laughs> she starts like rolling around and like doing a little dance for you, And she's like squeaking at you and she's giving you those little like, the like puss in boots eyes. And you're like, oh, maybe just one can of wet food, right? So yeah, that's that's what the fuck's been going on, dude. Uh, I really didn't have a plan for this episode. I was just gonna, just kind of chat about some of the shit going on. But here's another thing that's going on, and I know I'm fucking late to the game, but I so Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are dating, and they just did an interview with GQ magazine. And I've just been seeing like tweets, like quotes from it and like TikToks of it and stuff. And it seems so funny. And so I kind of want to read it. (laughs) So this is, how long is this thing? I guess it's not that long. It's not that long if you took out all the fucking ads. So let's just read it. I'll just start from the beginning. And if it's boring, I'll just skip to the interesting parts. First of all, looking at the pictures. You know, I don't want to insult someone's physical appearance. But, like, I really want to right now. (laughs) But I'm not going to. Okay in this one in the first one it looks like he's wearing a ghillie suit like one of those fucking camouflage hunting things she looks amazing she looks really hot i love the bangs on her and then just like the tiktok sound you know he's there I feel like Machine Gun Kelly tries really hard to make it seem like he's not trying hard, like, in his appearance. Does that make sense? And to me, it just comes off as kind of cringy. But, like, honestly, you know, I... I was, like, a very distant MGK fan. Also found him mildly attractive at one point, but... And kind of enjoyed his album, his, like, pop-punk album. I thought, like, his voice really fit that, and I downloaded a few. But, you know, ever since I saw the amount of fucking, like, comments about underage girls and, like, just inappropriate kind of... I don't know. I just can't. I just can't uh, get behind that, dude. Age shit like that like freaks me the fuck out. I don't like that. Anyways, okay. <clears throat> so here is the article. This is called "True Romance." Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are Hollywood's hottest new power c- couple. By Molly Lambert. This was October eleventh on a wild summers night in los angeles machine gun kelly and megan fox explain their whirlwind courtship from first meeting on set to their deepening spiritual connection and how love has seared them together for life through joint tattoos bro i hope there's people out there taking bets on how long till they break up i hope there are people taking bets bro this is so funny okay here we go In the back room of a studio, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are giving each other tattoos while I watch. The lovebirds matching tattoos will read. The darkest fairy tale. A phrase Fox says alludes back to one of the first text messages we ever sent each other. Oh, (laughs) why did that make me mad? (laughs) The darkest fairy tale. Fox wants to get, I don't like how you're calling her Fox, but I I mean, so (laughs) Meg? Okay. Fox wants to get inked first because MGK has tattooed before and she'd rather not delay the pain. MGK clarifies he's done some drunk scrawling with the tattoo gun before, but this is serious. He dips the needle in ink, presses down on the traced phrase, and looks at Fox to make sure she's okay. Fox puffs on a CBD joint to relax, and they both decide they might as well jump it, just jump into it. He starts going over the stencil with the needle, pausing sometimes to take... To t- t- Pausing sometimes to take stock of his work and wipe the pen ink. God, that's sick. He says as he looks at his handiwork. He smiles at Fox. It's going very well. But they could use more direct light. Nah, bitch, this is the darkest fairy tale. No light. No light. Um I think it's so fucking funny when people do interviews, but then they they write it like they're like they're like setting up a scene in a movie like just fucking tell me what like it's just it's odd to me i find it humorous okay this is how I find myself holding my iPhone flashlight over Machine Gun Kelly's pelvis while he reclines on a green velvet chaise. Didn't need to know it was a green velvet chaise, but alright. Fox, clad in a flannel shirt, don't, need, don't give a fuck, crouches over him and places the tattoo stencil along his hip. While they had originally wanted to have the tattoos on their respective inner arm veins, MGK is absolutely covered in tats already, from his stomach anarchy symbol to giant MGK backpiece. To find a place where the tattoo wouldn't get lost, they have they have to go further south. Fox presses the inked tattoo needle into his skin while he encourages her to go harder. A few minutes later, she's done. I'm just scared that I fucked it up, she exclaims nerv- nervously. He reassures her instantly. Fucking best tattoo I've ever seen in my life. Fox thinks she went too light, but they'll let it heal and go over it later. It looks like a fairy ghost did it, right? MGK says. It's all haunted. She laughs at that, and they kiss. I'm witnessing a ritual... Oh my god, dude. I'm witnessing a ritual that is equal parts sacred and profane. A physical consummation of sorts for the pair. Bro, this girl fucking went home and jacked off to MGK and Megan. Megan. The first thing you need to know is that they... They are an absolutely gorgeous couple, seemingly made for each other. The musician, born Colson Baker, but better known as Machine Gun Kelly, is a handsome six-foot, four-inch punk with white blonde hair and is covered in tattoos. Fox, an actress, is the most beautiful woman I have ever met. A Frank Frazada, I don't even know if that's how you say that, Frank Frazada, Frazetta, pin-up girl drawing come to life. She is the ideal cool babe con- cons- consort consort for Jesus Christ with the big words! Hannah. What the fuck is her name? Lydia? What is your name, bitch? Sorry, you're probably... Molly. You're probably nice, but Jesus Christ. <sighs> she is the ideal cool babe consort for... I don't know that word. Superstar? Burgeoning? Burgeoning? burgeoning <laughs> burgeoning Burgeon- I don't know what the fuck that word means you know what let's learn something today all right Jesus <laughs> burgeoning how do you say it let's hear it burgeoning, burgeoning burgeoning beginning to grow or increase rapidly flourishing so what did what did she say was flourishing for a burgeoning superstar like mgk a rapper turned rocker whose new album born with horns is executive produced by blink 182 drummer travis barker i had no idea travis barker was from blink 182 dude him and kourtney kardashian need to calm the fuck th- they're gonna do one of these corny ass things on them if they haven't already and they should and i would read it and i would laugh the record is i feel like it would be similar to this <laughs> the record is dark pop punk that chronicles mgk's recent life leading up to the moment that he met fox on a movie set and they fell in love what fucking movie were they in i don't even know While they make a... Qu- Jesus Christ, I can't read. Holy shit. Okay. I can do this. While they make quite a pair in person, their love runs deeper than the obvious physical chemistry to a place of what they describe as a spiritual connection. It is intoxicating to be around two people who are this far gone for one another. Together with their double date pals, Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, They are bringing back Sunset Strip rock and roll glamour for the 2020s as the kind of couple that's fun to watch be in love with each other and who have what Fox calls the combustible element of all celebrities. They walk in the footprints. What the fuck? They walk in the footprints etched by the platform boots of partnerships such as Tommy and Pam, Kurt and Courtney, or Mick and Marianne, but with a key difference. They're trying the <laughs> They're trying their damnedest to make sure things don't blow up. They're both at a place in their lives where they're really willing to lay it all out <laughs> on the line for love. Okay. It's only been a few hours since I first encountered the pair at a photo shoot deep in downtown LA's warehouse zone. They are entangled together in front of a gunmetal gray 1970s catalog. See, why does this matter? Why does why do these details fucking matter? A gunmetal gray 1970s Cadillac while leader of the pack by the Shangri-Las plays on the stereo as two cars shine headlights on them and horror fog is blasted through the parking lot. We're, who gives a fuck? Tell me about their cringy fucking... Wolf love, or whatever the fuck it is. Fox and MGK are in love with a capital L. While they are both famous sex symbols. Is he a famous sex symbol? That's debatable. <laughs> While they are both famous sex symbols, they act like kids together. He treats her with the respect that she has always deserved, and that itself is very romantic their energy together is playful they make each other laugh the carnal component is clearly off the charts but they can also be sweet and funny while they wait around between shoot setups fox stands barefoot on mgk's leopard print slippers and he slow dances her around the room dude they sound fucking annoying like i guess like the purpose of this whole interview is like look how in love we are but like if you were just their friend and they were doing this Get a fucking slow dance, barefoot in your room, bitch. I'm trying to play Jenga. <laughs> it's your turn on. It's your turn on Monopoly. Mom said I can play the Wii. What am I talking about? Um. I lost my. When they are together, it's like nobody else exists. For an intimate close up, he requests a music change and asks for Mazzy, which I assume will be some up and coming. Rapper, but turns out to be Mazzy Star, the melancholic L.A. band front... See? This is one of the many unexpected twists about MGK. He jokes that if they can't find the song on his phone, he'll also accept Lean Would It, Rock Would It by Dim Franchise Boys. What are we doing? What's going on? Like, dude, this is so weird. Okay not even halfway through all right the next stop is the soho <laughs> the soho warehouse for dinner the downtown remember no one gives a fuck explains what they have at the food explains what the dining room looks like explains what's playing in the dining room Explains that they fucking what they're wearing movies are the thing that brought them Brought the two together. The Lost Boys was our first movie we watched together, he reminisces, and then True Romance and Point Break. First of all, The Lost Boys is really, really good, so I can respect that. Haven't seen the other two. Oh, Point Break is the best. He had never seen it, Fox adds. True Romance was his choice. I love a dark fairy tale, he confirms. <laughs> Okay. mgk and fox say they really met for the first time in 2020 on the set of the action flick midnight in the switchgrass but they actually met briefly a few years before that introduced at a gq party in la this weird thing happened says fox we didn't see each other she looks at him do you remember seeing my face that's what's crazy he says i don't i don't remember your face <laughs> he was probably high as fuck <laughs> I don't remember your face. And I definitely would have remembered his face. She continues. I just remember this tall, blonde... Oh my God, this is... Okay, this is one of the parts. I just remember this tall, blonde, ghostly creature. And I looked up and I was like, you smell like weed. He looked down at me and he was like, I am weed. And then I swear to God, he disappeared like a ninja in a smoke bomb. God... they both laugh about how they both laugh about how they couldn't see each other's faces fox has a theory i think we weren't allowed to see each other yet we weren't supposed to run into each other that night so our souls our spirit guides were luring us away from each other because you literally had no face like that oh my god i got a text message and i literally thought i was gonna die for a second Our spirit guards were luring us away from each other because you literally had no face like that thing from Spirited Away. Another movie reference. It is hard to see his face in general, but really he had no face that night. She turns to him. Thank God, because what torture had I known you were there and I couldn't get to you? It was better that I didn't know. Okay. Okay. So when Fox and MGK met for the second time, MGK is not his name, like, call it like Fox and Baker, Fox and Coulson. They met for the second time, the first real time. She reminded him of their first meeting. Then while shooting via his character's first line of dialogue to the actress, he had to say something fucked up to her. But what they were both feeling didn't take words it was obvious from second one what it was going to be fox says of their relationship but we didn't hook up right away they started courting in the green room she was just like how are you feeling he recalls and i said i'm lost she said well let's find you that was the first real conversation we had (laughs) (laughs) what huh how are you feeling i'm lost well let's find you something about to wipe you up he sent her a couple of text messages one that said i am weed and another that repeated his filthy first line of dialogue to her as if he couldn't believe he'd said these dumb things to megan fox for the first two times they interacted fox was charmed i just responded like how every fairy tale begins to which he ended the conversation with all the good ones at least This is, I'm, like, feeling the cringe start to, like, oh, it's, like, it's in my chest, kind of. And, like, I feel like my arms are starting to lock up, so. After that, they texted some more and graduated to talking on the phone. Did you ever talk to a girl for three hours on the phone in your whole life? Fox teases. Were you, like, how the fuck am I going to talk to her? It felt like five minutes, so it didn't even feel like three hours. He responds. Even our first kiss, she wouldn't kiss me. We just put our lips right in front of each other and breathed each other's breath, and then she just left. Uh. (laughs) Dude, what? That's another one I've seen. Okay. Okay dude okay that one like that one i felt that one the cringe is like spreading it's like almost my collarbones oh okay fox says she was trying to protect her heart even though she knew she was already falling hard falling hard for him she wasn't looking for love i was definitely open to love but i did not anticipate walking right into my soulmate like that i was obviously over the way i've been living and those paths lined up those doors opened it was as if all the obstacles had kept that had kept us apart all those years had been removed, and we were able to finally intersect. I mean, that's co- that's cool that you feel like you found your soulmate for the first real day, MGK picked Fox up in a d- exactly the type of car in the year it was made, and exactly who they fucking listened to. He drove her to this place. Friend was waiting. They had a picnic. There's a bunch of roses. Then they drove down Sunset Boulevard to the Roxy Theater, which was closed. We went to the roof and played pop punk and made out, he recalls. Tipping a glass of Casamigos tequila. had mgk ever fallen in love before no 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 it's like because you've been around the world and experienced so much shit you think you know everything and then you're in the arms of your destiny and realize i don't know shit yet and that's when the adventure starts right fox 2 oh (laughs) i thought that was still his quote that's when the adventure starts right fox 2 feels like she finally found someone who really gets her I think I'd either put myself in or allowed other people to put me in this weird box that didn't quite fit me where I hadn't lived my own life as myself for a really long time. The parts of me that were always eccentric or strange and didn't belong within my own family unit or within Hollywood. Fox was a teenage actress from Oak Ridge, Tennessee who was frequently cast as a beautiful mean girl before doing a stint on the ABC sitcom hope and faith. She ended up in the Transformers blockbusters where she became a superstar sex symbol who sparked public debate about the sexualization of actresses she was done fucking dirty a conversation that made her into a symbol and spiraled far away from her actual personhood in person she is thoughtful and initially a little shy she chooses her words very carefully especially when talking about her career path she has shown a range of depth extending to dark dramas, horror, and comedy, while Gen Z star Olivia Rodrigo in her Good For You music video channel Jennifer's Body, the 2009 Karen Kusama horror comedy in which Fox portrayed a cheerleader with very sharp teeth. That's not... Alright. Why did you just do Jennifer's Body like that? Jennifer's Body's a good fucking movie um hollywood seemingly still has no idea what to do with a gorgeous smart actress forcing them to build up their careers on their own terms forcing them to build their careers on their own terms jesus i'm sorry that i can't read i'm really sorry (laughs) fox has shifted to indie movies and ensembles upcoming releases include big gold brick with oscar isaac and night teeth on netflix in october She's finally finding comfort in who she's always been deep down. A star who doesn't fit neatly into boxes and doesn't back down from their personal convictions. You know, famously, like, I'm an unusual person, she says. And I had buried a lot of that because it didn't have a place to live. That's something that meeting him, it's like meeting your own soul's reflection. I recognized so much of myself in him and vice versa. And that locked up part of me that I had put away. I'd always felt like there was that thing missing that I'd given up on. That you're always seeking, but then you meet the person that completes that for you, and you're like, "Oh, this is what my heart was searching for. That's what the beacon was this whole time." When I ask if she's found love because she stopped looking for it, she demurs. She she demurs. It's more that she had gotten herself to be in a place where she could be with someone great. Fox thinks there's nothing shameful about sh- Jesus. Fox thinks there's nothing shameful about wanting to find that kind of deep, all-encompassing love. Dude, I'm, like, she's just, she's, like, so much more attractive and, like, more talented than, than he is, and, like, I just... I think people have multiple soulmates, so. MGK is having a hard time hearing me over the incredibly loud music playing in the restaurant, which the staff can't turn down. Can we just go to the fucking bar, he shouts. He's frustrated that Fox's sentiments about their souls meeting are being drowned out by the Calvin Harris songs moving over the speakers for the Saturday Night Clubbing crowd. See, that was just like a fucking mouthful, Molly. Like, what are we doing here? We abscond from the restaurant, abscond. And Molly, what's with the big words? Are you trying to make me feel stupid because it's working? We abscond? (laughs) I don't know that word either. From the restaurant down the long echoing hallways to the lobby. He makes a joke about how it's like another one of his favorite movies. He just loves movies. He's different. Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous, in which the lead singer of a band makes a journalist follow him from place to place without ever making time for the actual interview. We have found somewhere quiet at last in front of the building that really does look like an industrial warehouse where some tables and chairs are set up. MGK lights a cigarette, clearly already much more comfortable outside meeting fox gave mgk new inspiration that fueled his music it's almost like she reconnected a wire in my brain creativity won't stop coming out he says they encourage each other's artistic ventures including a top secret film project they're working on together this autumn sex tape he wrote half of his latest album before they met and the other half afterwards mgk feels like he's not expressing himself well with words i'm just better at speaking with my music he says He was so awkward about telling her how he felt that he put his feelings into the new songs. I couldn't express myself the right way to her, so I brought her a song. It says everything. It's the simplest guitar line with the purest form of how one could feel about another person and representing how they love each other. That's kind of cute. But you can also hear how he feels about her when he tells stories about their adventures. I remember she really fell in love when I made her die laughing in a fort we made in her living room, he recalls. Machine Gun Kelly was born in Houston, Texas, to missionary parents who lugged him all over the world until they ended up in Denver, where he found solace listening to rappers such as DMX and Eminem while suffering family strife at home. He moved to New York and won a series of freestyle battles, eventually setting a netting a record contract with Diddy's Bad Boy Records in 2011. In 2014, he started acting, winning accolades for his performance in Gina Prince blythewoods Beyond the Lights. After four rap albums, he started a pop-punk phase that turned into his 2020 album, Tickets to My Downfall, which featured interludes from Fox and was a U.S. Billboard number 1. He also played Tommy Lee in Netflix's The Dirt, cementing his status as a modern incarnation of the rock star as cultural satyr. Now he's moving into directing and writing films with a project in the works with Pete Davidson. Listen, I love Pete Davidson, but I don't think he's a good actor. I'm sorry. So, I I doubt whatever they're putting together is going to be good. I'm sorry. MGK says he never witnessed the kind of love he and Fox have in his own life until now. I came from broken homes and I watched Love Never Work. Then I grew up wearing pop culture. They don't even make romantic movies anymore. What? Yes, they do. (laughs) bitch what the fuck was la la land huh what is that that's incorrect it hurts my soul that i wasted 30 years of my life not having any desire dude i was down to die i was good i was like all right got music out there that'll hold me down you know my daughter is the best extension of me and she's gonna be better than i am and i've seen some shit so i'm good to go MGK and Fox both have kids from previous relationships. I did not know she had a kid. Okay. Word. Oh. Dude, imagine being around your parents and they're just being like fucking, like just making out in front of you and shit and like talking about how their souls like fucked last night. Jesus. Jesus. Having grown up amid poverty and familial dysfunction, getting famous only amplified some of MGK's demons. He and Fox share a sense that neither one is here to fix anyone. Just that as a couple, they have found that they will... They have found the will to fight through the darkness together. I've lost so many friends to suicide, he says. Love gave me a reason to stay here. He starts rambling and turns to Fox and says, please shut me up. I love you. He tells me to ask Fox a question instead. So I asked Fox how she feels about the recent media reevaluation of the way she was mistreated earlier in her career. She sighs. That is something that I did a lot of work on. A few years ago, she decided to take serious time off from doing press to look inward. I was never leaving the house. She went on a spiritual quest, reading constantly and practicing meditation. I've done everything you can do to try to make sense of that. Because it's easy when you go through something like that to feel like the victim, obviously. That's your first instinct and in response, but that doesn't serve you and that makes life miserable. Living life as a victim. Facts. Why is this happening to me? You're giving away your power constantly. Okay, that's cool. I, I do agree with that. She do she do be having a point. At a certain point Fox says She just wanted to make peace with the past and move on. She took control where she could over her own response. I did a lot of work to remove that feeling of being a victim and to realize that it was a lesson. So There was was purpose in it and I didn't have to suffer anymore. It's made me grow into a much more interesting human being than I would have been without that. So it allows you the space to have gratitude for something that previously you felt persecuted by. That's the one thing in my life I did a lot of work on. I do feel... I do feel free from. Fox is thoughtful, having clearly spent a lot of time working through her own feelings about it. So it's not that I feel vindicated. I'm beyond that because I don't need to be right about it anymore. Back then I was hurt. Of course I did suffer tremendously, but you know, I'm not looking for payback. I don't need an apology. Oh, i say that a woman as beautiful and intelligent as fox can be intimidating to a lot of men she agrees but says appearances can be deceiving we may look at somebody and think that person's so beautiful their life must be so easy they most likely don't feel that way about themselves that's true is that how she feels yeah i have bad yeah i have body dysmorphia i have a lot of deep insecurities mgk has his own demons too he's got post-traumatic stress which he charmingly accidentally calls postpartum depression before Fox corrects him <laughs> from his difficult upbringing and drug issues and he knows he has an artist's temperament. Okay. I'm basically trying to live without dying quickly every day, MGK says, adding that Fox inspires him to work on his own issues and be open about them with his fans. I want to be as grounded as she is, but I'm not there yet. I'm open to it, but I don't want to fool you like I'm there. He has the utmost respect for his girlfriend as a person. She's helped me realize that you can't bury your trauma. No one knows anything about me. They don't know how deep that rabbit hole goes with my childhood and with everything that my body has stored in itself. Aw. Damn, okay. She's fucking putting this bitch in therapy? Hell yeah. Fox, is this almost over? It's almost over. Fox agrees the relationship has euphoric highs, but it isn't all fun and games. This is a very intense relationship, she says. Our souls chose this to absolutely have to face our shadow selves. To face things about ourselves we didn't want to have to know. That we tried to push away. I say it seems like they have the intensity of a first love that's what the fucking journalists wrote Mm -mm, this seems like a high school relationship to me (laughs) okay uh it should be light but we also but also we go to hell with each other (laughs) (laughs) mgk says it's ecstasy and agony for sure what are you guys doing (laughs) it's ecstasy and agony what the fuck i don't want people to think anything's perfect with us i didn't say it was the darkest fairy tale for no reason oh it's so cringy god help you if you would have met us last saturday she laughs what the fuck happened last saturday there's also the demonic side she notes with a devilish smile fox only smiles or laughs when she genuinely means it which makes it feel special when she does there's a Gomez and Morticia Adams type of love. <sighs> what is happening? Like it's it's not talking about like the therapy or like working on yourself and stuff. I'm talking about talking about how like your souls like intertwine and finger bang each other every night and how like you've like been to hell and back and like you got an airbnb and purgatory together like fucking it's cool that you feel that way i'm, gl- I'm glad you guys both feel equally like fucking ridiculous about each other but like keep it to yourself <laughs> you know or I guess don't because this is this is fucking fire content. Like this is hilarious. This is this feels like I'm pretty sure I saw jokes about this on the internet, but like this feels like a fan fiction. Like a shitty fan fiction. That's definitely inspired by like Edward and Bella. It always comes back to Twilight. It always comes back to Twilight. Okay. This is the last paragraph. They're both trying to feel more present in real life. He says hanging out together always leads them to unexpected places. And he tells a story about how they took a trip to Bora Bora that ended up with the two of them taking mushrooms, getting on a boat, and climbing a mountain looking for a sacred banyan tree. They saw on a map, which they found. M.G. Clay was glad she finally got to see him play live at a festival in Florida after pandemic restrictions eased up. It was weird to do a year in a relationship where I was like, I swear to God I have a job. I swear to God I'm cool. You will see one of these days what I actually do. Fox says that even though she's already seen him do filmed performances, this was different. Obviously, I'm not above the intoxicating element of watching and having hard eyes. Fox finally got to see the full picture of who he is as an artist, a rock star who leaves it all on the stage. Megan Fox's love may be transforming colson baker into his highest self but it hasn't changed machine gun kelly i'm still a motherfucking outlaw together they are perfect partners in crime bro how long till they break up how long till they break up i could see them dating for like a year or two do you think they're forever i don't know i mean obviously we don't fucking know these people And if they're happy, they're fucking happy. They're not hurting anybody. They're just hurting themselves, I guess. But, hey. That's that's fine. I can't look at him for too long or I'm going to get mad. (laughs) So, yeah. That was... i don't even know dude i don't even know like just i don't know like is it fucked up that i think that that was cringy no it was cringy right i don't know like i kind of feel bad for like because obviously these people seem very happy and they they seem very in love and it's like Now the entire internet is making fun of them. But it's like they just... They just took it like too seriously. I don't know, dude. How long have they even been dating? It does not feel long at all. They met March 2020. Okay, that just... Whoa, okay. I read March 2020 and I was thinking that like we were in 2020 that was scary and i was like they've only been dating for a few fucking months but then i realized it's 2021 so they've been dating like uh, like a like almost a year and a half and you're doing gq interviews together like that i did not have to go that hard but good for them i guess good for them i guess okay i'm so megan fox has a kid i had no idea megan fox has three kids Mm, huh what whoa she was married what she was married to a guy Didn't know that. And they had three kids together. Whoa, one is seven, one is nine, and one is five. Whoa. I just can't imagine that like these two people who I th- I think are fairly young, right? Like they're in their 30s. How old is Megan Fox? Megan Fox is 35, Machine Gun Kelly's 31. I just cannot imagine these like these people who have full-time jobs kind of yeah. Kind of. But who also... I'm assuming they spend a lot of time together if like they're fucking... If their spirits mingled, you know. It sounds like they don't leave each other's side. I don't know, that's the vibe I got. But maybe... We don't know these people, so... I just don't imagine that they have a lot of time for their kids is what I'm saying. But again, we don't know their life. We don't know their life, especially three fucking kids, dude. What the, what the F anyways, getting off track. Um, I think that's it. So thank you for watching. If you did, you're amazing. Um, yeah, catch you on the freaking flip, brother. You yeah, bye. See ya.